This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. All right, you're now tuned in to the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the true Players Podcast, episode 211. We're going to give you the good, the bad, the ugly of the NBA's first week. Who's worse, Damian Lillard or James Harden? And we're going to deep dive into NBA Top Shot. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at. It is the follow-through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 211. We're one week deep in the NBA, Drew, and uh, you and I are kind of in the same boat. We weren't really expecting this shitty of a start for both of our teams. But before we get in to our LA teams real quick, I have a fun fact of of today. Oh, okay. Uh, Today in NBA history, Drew, this is a trivia question for you. Elmore Smith recorded an (laughs) NBA record blank number of blocks in a game. They started keeping track this season in 1973-74, but he sets an NBA record. How many blocks do you think Elmore Smith recorded? Who played for your Lakers? Uh, Yeah, I actually know the statistic. God damn it, Drew. Never mind. I know. It kind of ruins it, Uh, but I was watching PTI on ESPN this afternoon. Oh. And that was one of the things that they brought up. And was, I was it really? It. Yeah, it was at the end of the show. It was just oh. like one of those things where, you know, kind of like this day in history, like you're doing. Uh, it's 17. He's, he, he recorded 17 blocks. And that will never be beaten. That's never going to be beaten. Nobody's going to – no one's going to get to 18. No one's going to get to 17. Uh, there's there's too many jump shots. Uh, but 17 blocks in a game for that guy who was good. Apparently, he was very good, like, as far as – his career numbers go. He's averaged like 13 and 10 for his career, but yeah, 17 blocks. And I think they, it's something that they brought up on PTI, which is the obvious caveat to this record that he holds is that Wilt and Bill Russell never had that statistic taken into account when they were playing. And we, we know for a fact, at least one of them got up to 20 or 25 blocks in a game. For sure. Well, Bill Russell will probably tell you he had 40 or 50. Yeah. He, yeah. I blocked 57 shots. <laughs> in 1963 well damn i thought i was gonna stump you on that all right let's move forward drew because we have we we do have a lot to talk about and i kind of want to start with your lakers right now okay we're having a both of both of our teams are having some pretty bad starts uh last night you guys lost to uh okc who was 0-4 at the time and then you you had a great game against san antonio which i want to talk about as well but what's going on in la what do you think the issue is obviously lebron is out with the ankle injury um, but w- what's going on? You had a 20 point, 26 point lead at one point in last night's game. And then it kind of just fell. And this isn't a dig at, at, at the Lakers at all. Cause I have my own issues that I need to talk about, but <laughs> in, in your personal opinion right now, what, what's going on? Well, the LeBron injury 
came at like I I would I would say it's probably like the best time for LeBron to have a, a, an ankle roll, uh, kind of a similar injury to what happened last year that took him out for the majority of the back end of the season and you know hobbled him into the playoffs. A guy falls on his leg again, and it didn't look that bad. I mean, as a matter of fact, he ended up playing the rest of that game in which it happened. So I think we're just taking the fact that we got Russell Westbrook and one of the positives of having Russell Westbrook on this team and going, hey, LeBron, take a couple nights off, drink some wine out of a out of a cup that they that they hand out in the stadium, which is pretty remarkable. I'm pretty sure that's wine in that cup. I can't imagine him drinking. He's LeBron. He could drink that. Yeah, it could be whatever. I mean, isn't he involved in a tequila company as well? I think yeah. he is. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised whatever the hell he was drinking, but it's fine that he's off, right? And I think what this is also beneficial to see like, all right, how how does this work without LeBron on the floor? Let's let Russ maybe go and run and have some games in which he did. Uh, he I think he played pretty well in that San Antonio game. I think he won it for us in overtime. Um, I think he played all right in Memphis as well. And then he played pretty good. <laughs> And pretty good for portions of the game against Oklahoma City and then really, really bad in the second half. So I think, look, yeah, we're we're two and three. Um, and I think we should be three and two. I think we should have won that Oklahoma City Thunder game. We were up 41 to 19 in the first quarter of that Thunder game. And the Lakers were like, cool, like we're done, like mentally checked out, like, well, maybe halfway into the second quarter. They thought this game was a wrap and they thought the OKC Thunder were going to lay down. Um, and I think if this game happens like this and it's March and Oklahoma's gunning for that number one overall pick, then maybe they do lay down after a quarter and a half, but not in the beginning of the fucking season. So let me start off by saying this. Russell and AD looked really good against San Antonio. The biggest problem right now with Russ is that he thinks he might be the number one option when Anthony Davis is on the floor. And that needs to be communicated clearly that Anthony Davis is the number one option. Now, whether or not Russ ever acknowledges that or decides to you know, let that happen, we need to be feeding the ball to Anthony Davis much more, especially in the fourth quarters, especially in, in when we're trying to uh, stop a team that's going on a run when we're up by a lot of points. Let's slow it down a bit. We can get Anthony Davis in the post and have him attack or pass out of a, a double team, which is not happening enough because Russ, I think, still thinks he's like LeBron's out. OK, it's me. I'm the guy. And it's it's not that way in my mind. And I think for us to have success, he should be in third place on this team uh, when it comes to like n the number of shots that he's taking, maybe even fourth. I'd love to hit for him to shoot less. Uh, we know he's not great from from the outside and he's airballed entirely too many shots for me to count already this early a in the lot, season a lot um so the memphis game i thought was a really good example of of what the lakers can do offensively with everybody on the court lebron that's the game that he got his ankle tweaked um westbrook didn't shoot very well and and you know really neither did lebron or ad but you could see it starting to work a little bit better in memphis and that was a very close game <laughs> uh, that we were able to pull out against a very froggy John Morant and a, you know, a Memphis Grizzlies team. That's going to be very exciting this year. San Antonio, we had a comfortable lead. And then Lonnie Walker goes off in the third quarter, makes it a much closer game than it should have been. I think, you know, normal circumstances uh, and less turnovers. We win that game pretty easily. We come up, uh, we come out of that with an overtime victory, which was nice. OKC, like I said, that was just shit in the bed. Second, second half. Russell turned the ball over, not getting good shots, not getting Anthony Davis good shots enough. Um, and then careless defense, no rebounding. They got so many offensive rebounds. 
Uh, and then one specific note from that game that I had was Josh Giddy, uh, not Josh Giddy, sorry, Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, was playing really well, but Vogel decided to double team him, which was completely unnecessary and gave wide open looks for threes to a team that was not hitting them in the first half, but definitely started hitting them in the second half. And so Giddy was hitting open threes. Lou Dort was hitting open threes. Like it felt like everyone on their team, that kid, uh, Baisley, who, whose shot is broke as fuck and just sometimes hits glass, all glass, at least three times in this game. He hit nothing but glass, uh, but he hit a couple big threes. So it's just one of those things where we thought the game was done and dusted. We probably still should have won uh, because it was close game after we gave up the 26 point lead. It was a close game back and forth until the very end. And I think we just mismanaged it. I mean, look, in the last minute of the fourth to tie the game, we airballed two three pointers. Right. And so I just, I'm going to, I'm just going to say, the first thing is first LeBron being out. I think it's beneficial for this team in chemistry right now to kind of figure this out and see what Russ can do and what he can't with him out, out on the floor. I'd love to have LeBron in, but if it's going to be out for, you know, two, three, four games, I want it to be now as opposed to in, you know, February, March, April. Uh, the second thing is turnovers and our defensive rebounding. Those two things have to have to get better. And I think when we do that, we'll be tighter we won't give the ball up. We go. We won't give them runs and second opportunities. We'll be able to close out these games that we should have closed out much more comfortably uh, and won, to be quite honest, against Oklahoma City. So it's a really, really, really bad loss to OKC, especially for Russ, uh, who had a quadruple double with 10 turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think that's uh, going to happen more than you think, too. Those yeah, 10 turnover I, I think it's going to happen a lot. I, mm-hmm. I, I, that's, a, that's exactly what I think is going to happen. It's just a really bad look. Uh, we definitely should have wrapped that up, but it's just one of those things where – you know, we're moving on. I think, you know, going back the, the, the past three games with the Lakers, I think you should have lost against Memphis. I think you should have lost against San Antonio. If they don't blow five free throws in a row, okay, they couldn't hit one free throw. <clears throat> San Antonio, that is. Jakob Pertl had, like, the best game of his career, a career game against you guys. And you're right, Lonnie. I think the thing with San Antonio, we ripped on them, um, you know, in the preseason talk. They just don't have that that last go-to guy to take that last shot. Lonnie's nice. Vassal's good. Uh, you know, Derek White and and uh, the other kid they have, Jante Murray, they look really good. But I think the Lakers should have lost that game. San Antonio gave it away. Um, last night with the OKC game, look – I think these younger teams, and and I think it was uh, either Stephen A. or somebody came out today, and they said like nobody's scared of the Lakers with their team, like and which is which is I mean they should be, but this mentality of these young teams too, they're really not la- rolling over just because the Lakers are coming in town. And same thing that goes for the Clippers. But um, the other thing I want to bring up is this, and I was going to save this for our final thought, but I chose a different one. You know. How many times is Anthony Davis going to fake an injury during a game or have an injury? If I was, a, I, I was frustrated. All right. Because look, I think that this happens way too much, right? Like literally you have a catastrophic injury that you have, you take eight, nine minutes to get off the floor. And then the next play you do an alley-oop, you know, Russ throws you an alley-oop and everything's fine. I, th- I think it's bullshit. And I think there should be something implemented where, look, if you're down with an injury that takes certain amount of time, you should have to sit out of the game. I think it's just giving that this goes for everybody, not just the Lakers. It gives you an extra timeout. It gives you, you know, another five minutes to, to get your breath on, you know, get your breath back. And then, you know, and the next thing you know, you're back to being AD and you're perfectly fine. Is it scary to you 
also because he does do, go down a lot, like a lot. And one of my things was, what's more impressive? Is it is it San Antonio missing five free throws in a row or AD going down with, with four injuries in the fourth quarter? Which one of those is more impressive to you? <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the San Antonio missing the five free throws is bad. Uh, that's it's it's I guess more impressive more it's more unimpressive well I guess. Th- yeah we could do that's, that too that's how we would do it on this one mm-hmm. it's bad but I, it's also like it, none of these guys have a lot of closing experience uh, on the Spurs period like if you look at right. look at their team very few of them have been closing like tight game situations that often in their careers uh, they're all very young so that can happen. Anthony Davis, it's not, it's not impressive. It's not unimpressive. It's, I mean, it's very unimpressive, I guess, if we want to go that route that he's down on the floor all the time. Um, and that knee like, injury drew looked like something severe. LeBron was on the court. You shouldn't just be able to, to pop back up and then be AD of old and, and shoot a three pointer and catch an alley-oop. Come yeah. On. I hear what you're saying. I, okay. I think it's like, you know, this too. Like, I think the, the, the scariest part about having an injury like that is you don't know, like it, it takes a while for you to go, Oh, you know what? Actually, I think I'm okay. You know, if you have like a real scary injury, like you're like, like Giannis is for instance, in the last postseason where mm-hmm. his leg goes backwards and he goes that, that scared the shit out of me. I need a fucking second. I think I might've just, you know, broke my whole leg open. And then he's fine somehow because he's, he's amazing and, and, and <laughs> elastic or something. Uh, but I'm sure it, you know, when I've had those moments where I've had like a very close to a, a serious injury and I've avoided it somehow or another, it, the shock, it's like, oh, fuck, I just did it. It's that's it. That's the one I'm, I'm out. I'm out for two years. I'm not going to play again. Oh, and then man. after, you know, five minutes I go, actually, I think I'm okay. I'm all right. That's all right. But look, I'm not trying to defend Anthony Davis. I just say when, especially as someone like Anthony Davis, they're going to be obviously very slow to get up <laughs> if they think they're injured. And he obviously thinks he's injured all the time. And I'll just say this too. Uh, I brought it up on the last one. It's, it is very terrifying to be a Laker fan with the, with this guy having such an important role in our squad and him being down on the floor. You know, it seems like once a quarter he's down for something. So, yeah, I mean, and, and not all of it is his fault too. So he's getting poked in the eye. He's right. getting like elbows to the nose uh, you know, that on that on that particular play against San Antonio it looked like somebody slammed his knee into uh, his knee, which which is what took out Embiid and, and is what took out Jokic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm right. And mm. but both those guys, all three of them have like knee on knee contact. And within, you know, certain hours of each other, all are out of the game for a moment in time. And Jokic is completely out for, for this for for at least this next game probably at least another couple games they want they want to rest him but yeah man I, I hear what you're saying and it sucks I don't like it either it's like my least favorite part about rooting for this Laker team other than uh, Russell Westbrook being the decision maker um, in the fourth quarter either it was either on Twitter or in our group chat because I forget but somebody's like AD needs to play with a life alert around his neck like plays play just with life life alert around the neck. I thought that was so funny. One uh, bright spot for you guys though is Malik Monk, right? Like we we mm-hmm. have uh, we had high high thoughts for him going into the season. He took a huge shot against San Antonio. Didn't even you know think twice about it. Uh, big bucket. I think he should be getting more buckets. And then I was surprised at the amount of minutes Austin Reeves was, has been playing. But he's very good uh, defensively. I'm not too sure, but like. They need that, or you need him on your team. Like he's got a sweet stroke; he can knock it down. Um, and I like him. They play. I think they played him way too much in that San Antonio game, but he got a lot of burn, Drew. 
Well, I mean, the reason they played him so much is because against the Suns, when we were like that, we didn't bring that game up. That one was worse than the Oklahoma City Thunder. That was a blowout, right? Yeah, we didn't come to play at all in that game. Mm -hmm. And it was weird. It was weird, right? We were, we were, you know, at at our energy and effort level for game one against the Warriors was there. We didn't play very well. Okay. You know, you fucking shake that off. It's game one. Game two, the energy and effort was not there. I mean, LeBron and AD, you know, did their best. Uh, Russ was real bad. You know, uh, he he was really trying to get him going. Everyone seemed like they wanted to get Russ going in that game, but it was terrible. We, We lost that game in the first quarter and we only started to come back when Austin Reeves hit the floor. And the same thing happened uh, in the following game against the Grizzlies. He was like plus 17 and plus 18 in those two games. And so, yeah, you see him move the ball like a glue guy, like we don't have that many of, who's not necessarily immediately looking for his shot when it comes to him, sometimes to a fault. I think in this OKC game, he should have shot a lot more than he did. Uh, He's passing up looks. I I think he's scared to miss now because, again, the pressure of playing with fucking hall of famers all around you like oh shit maybe i shouldn't shoot it but we need him to shoot more uh he is good and he's going to continue to get minutes uh while we're you know, nursing the tht and ariza and those guys injured and still no none ellington was actually in a jersey yesterday which was nice but didn't touch the floor so once those guys start getting back in the rotation yeah i expect to see a lot less of him but he, we need him on the floor yes and, and okay defensively I would argue that Lonnie Walker may be one of the top five worst possible players to match up Austin Reeves against, right? Lonnie Walker is like fucking, he's got rockets in his shoes. Uh, He doesn't get enough burn like jaw and these other guys, but he's right there athletically with those dudes. He is jumping all over the place. He gets three feet on his jumper when he shoots a three pointer. And so, yeah, Austin's going to struggle against that guy. You know, Uh, that's not his strength. Um, But I would say offensively what he gives us is calm presence for the most part, moving the ball nicely. Uh, and he makes a lot of really good decisions on offense, which mm-hmm. we, which we lack at times with this roster. And then Malik Monk. Yeah, dude, uh, jumped into the starting lineup. As soon as LeBron decided to rest the ankle, uh, I think he's been fine. Like a little up and down he's a streaky guy. We've known that his entire college career and NBA career. So I don't expect him to be, you know, 42% the whole season and just Mr. Consistency, he's going to go up and down. But I think he's been good in the role that we have him in right now. I want him to do better. I want him to shoot better. But he had some awesome dunks in, in this game against Oklahoma City when we were winning. He had like a, an alley-oop like behind the head dunk. Nice. He slammed on top of all over somebody with a two-handed slam, got everybody excited. Uh, so I, I I really like Malik Monk. I'm, I'm excited for this moment for the Lakers because this is about as rock bottom as it's going to get hopefully right and we and we've already reached that (laughs) five games into the season so it should only be up from here I'm taking the jovial sort of like optimistic look right now because I would be crying here if I was taking this shit too seriously luckily you guys 82 game fucking season so we got 77 left I think we'll be all right do you think Russ was was in the right for getting ejected last night. Do you think the Darius Baisley dunk at the end was, was disrespectful? No, I don't either. Uh, no, Russ, that was all about Russ being in Oklahoma city again. And right. I, can tell, I can tell you, he was, he, he wanted to get a triple double in the first half. You right. see his eyes on the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. He's looking up. He had nine assists before halftime, like in 7.7 rebounds, he was gunning for a triple double mm-hmm. before halftime ended the game with a quadruple double um congrats to russ and a triple double again uh but 10 turnovers bro i mean i'm just gonna i can't you can't look past that none of the other shit that he did 
is, is easy for me to look past when he is blatantly throwing the ball away uh, time and time again in moments where we need him to be the leader. He's supposed to be the leader. He wants to be the leader and he's not, he's looking off Anthony Davis at times. So if you're looking off the other guy, then I need you to hit a shot, make a better play, make a good pass. Um, again, I don't want to go all, all down on Russ. He's throwing lobs that are great for most, most of the time. When he's attacking the basket, he's looking to lay it to DJ, to Anthony Davis, to Dwight, and that's great. I love to see him opening the defense that way. I'd rather him throw lobs than throw up floaters, and I love him attacking the rim in the off court or in the half-court set. All good stuff there. It's when he decides to shoot a three for no reason, decides to pull up from the elbow and air ball on a very crucial play, which has happened more than once now in five games. Which what is about the mellow air ball, though? Mellows was terrible. That's what that's what yeah. I was getting at when I was talking about earlier. The two right. air balls that we had were horrific air balls. I mean, he had a look, too. That was a look. The ball was passed directly to him <laughs> in, at the top of the in key. In the sweet spot, too. Just ready we're to down ready by to three fire. points. Mellow. Oh, that's a foot left. That is a foot to the left. Oh, it wasn't short or long. It was left. That's a, and so I don't want to get into mellow either. Right. Look, it's it's a long season. Yes. Woosaw. Yeah. We still have two wins. There's a lot of teams. There's well, there's a team in the NBA who doesn't have a win. Do you know who that is, Clips? Uh, oh, Ofer is Ofer is Orlando. Your boys. Nope, they got a win. They beat the Knicks. That's right. <laughs> Ofer is no Houston's got one. Ofer is you're in, you're in the right you're in the right category in oh, your brain. Where, where am I? Go for it. Detroit. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Detroit They're Pistons the are the only. The Detroit Pistons are the only team in the NBA without a win. Uh, and they also still haven't played Cade Cunningham. So, uh, look, we're not that bad. We're not 0-4. We're 2-3. Right. and 3, And you could say we could be 1-4. and 4. You could say that. And right. we also think we could be 4-1. and 1. So, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm taking the same approach with the Clippers as well. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that we're not 0-4. I mean, we are 1-3 and 3 right now. But, look, and I'm not going to spend 20 minutes on this. But that first game against Golden State, we should have won that game. Steph literally has the craziest first. I have never in my all my years of watching basketball seen anything like that, right? That was and awesome. He, that was absolutely unbelievable. And our boy Stan came over the other night, and I gave him my pitch of why I think Steph Curry sold his soul because of that game. I think he had to sell. You can't be that good at basketball. It is. I don't care if you practice 23 hours a day at shooting. You should not be that good. You and you can you can't say it's muscle memory. You can't say it's just in his genes. There is something so outer worldly of of the way Steph Curry plays when he gets hot, right? It and and it's not just shooting. You know, like it's fun to watch Clay Thompson shoot and get wet and whatnot. The things that 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 Steph is doing with the rock in his hands off the dribble is is unbelievable. And I, we should have won that game, but Steph had just an absolute crazy game. Then the game two, we have Ja, right? Ja has a huge game. We should have won that game. Another game that we should have won. But Ja and the Grizzlies, who we both we both like, and they're going to be better this season, um, had a great game. Then we see Portland, and we have the obviously the best game of our three shutdown Dame. Dame, I get Paul. Fun fact: Paul George has since he's been a Clipper, never lost to Portland, never lost to Dame since he's been a Clipper, uh, and we play Damian really well. It's kind of like uh, well. I'm not even, we're not, we already talked about Westbrook. Westbrook doesn't play against the Clippers too well either, but we've, we literally held Dame um, 
to a horrible game. I think right now his three-point shooting percentage is 19%, if I'm not mistaken. But the Clippers played a really great game, and then we lose last night to the Cavs, and I'm not bullshitting you. You know I know my team, Drew. It was at jump ball where I'm like, oh, we're going to lose this game. It got tipped back. Bledsoe just nonchalantly went back to go get the rock and Colin Sexton was already in his ass for the dunk. Right. And I'm like, Oh, we're in, we're in for a long night, but look, I first, I really like the Cavs. I cannot believe how tall they are for their starting lineup. I don't think it's going to last. I like, I don't see it in the playoffs. Even if they miss, miss the playoffs, I don't see it lasting the, the whole season going like this. They have Jared Allen. They got your boy, uh, marketing. They got, uh, um Mobley Mobley rookie Mobley and then you have two fast as shit guards in Garland and Sexton and I like it I really like Evan Mobley I think he's looking like a solid pro right now but their length was just so much for us and we ended we we really weren't in that game I think we got it to three I'm not pushing the panic bucket button yet at all I think we are going to figure it out I am liking the way Bledsoe is is working with this team like defensively i think he's been really good for us he's not pat beverly but he's still a really good on-ball defender our, it's our shooting our shooting has been atrocious right uh, our three-point shooting which we were the best in the nba last season um has been really bad i mean paul george his first three games was great reggie has not been shooting well luke had one really good game um but we're not hitting and my my only issue with bledsoe is I wish he would be more selective of the three-pointers he's taking. It's kind of like the Russell Westbrook syndrome. He's not a really good three-point shooter at all. Um, I, he, he His bread and butter is taking it to the rack and distributing or being the bowling ball and, and you know making a bucket in the lane or his perimeter game. He likes to pull up from 16, which, is, which works very well from him. I think he's shooting way too many threes, but when nobody else is hitting him, he might as well do it, right? Um, I think Luke looks way better. We're definitely missing Marcus Morris. Um, I think in this instance, like against the Cavs last night, having Serge Ibaka there would be just great for us because we need more um, inside presence and rebounding and stretching the floor. And that's going to happen sometime in my lifetime, Serge. Would you, are you going to play or not? Because at this point, like I need you with us or you're not. Okay. What can we get for Serge Ibaka if he's not going to play this season for us? Supposedly he's allowed to play five on five, but you can't touch him. There's no contact with Serge. So I'm expecting him to be back soon, and I'm expecting Marcus Morris to be back soon. Um, bright spot for us, though, is Hardenstein. Really like this guy. This is the guy I wanted to keep. I'm glad we kept him over Giles. Uh, his activity is really good. He's a really good passer for a big man. Uh, you know, having Ibaka, I'd rather have three guys instead of two with, with Zubak and Hardenstein. Um, Zubak has been good, but not great. And I mean, defensively, it can be tough, man. When he, we've said this for, for three seasons now, when he gets pulled out to the three point land, trying to guard one of these guards, it's just lunch meat all day long. So there are some things that we need to work on. I want our shooting to get better, but I'm not pushing the panic button yet. But again, like the Lakers, these are games that, that we should be winning. We should be winning. And, and Paul said his legs are feeling heavy. I'm like, come on, bro. We're, we're four games into the NBA season. You know you have a big load uh, you know, on your shoulders for the remainder of the season. So let's not use that excuse. And up until last night's game, fun fact, Paul George was the number one uh, fantasy player in the NBA. His stats have been ridiculous. So I just need him to get back to, uh, to the Paul George that we're used to seeing. And um, I'm, I'm not pushing the panic button. What did you think about the Clippers? Yeah, Clippers. Uh, that that Warriors game was a really great game. Uh, I just I wanted to say that that was a that was a great back and forth. Uh, the Clippers, despite Steph Curry's amazing first quarter, clawed back into that 
that into that game. And I honestly thought you guys were going to lose by 20. I mean, it just felt like at that point, like you're like, he's going for 60 tonight. He's going to get yeah. 60 on opening night. Yeah. And then you guys clawed all the way back, back in. And that was, that was a tight one. That was a fun game. Uh, that Memphis game was tough too. I mean, jaw when, when he's playing that way and, and the Grizzlies are a lot different when Jaron Jackson is hitting his threes. If he, when he hits their threes, then they're, then they're like the perfect spacing. You have to respect uh, defensively and get out to Jackson, which opens the lane for jaw. Uh, and I just can't get enough of watching John Morant play. I can't get over the, how easy it is for him to get into the lane. Uh, he did it against the Lakers. He's doing it against every team. Uh, I mean, Portland did a decent job against him the other night, but the ease at which he gets to the bucket. And then once he's there, he can jump and hang and do all this other shit. And he's got some actually some little crafty moves under there, too, that he's not entirely, you know, in the air for the whole time. Uh, They're a tough team. They're going to be a good team this year. Yeah. So the Grizzlies lost. Okay, that's that was also a tough game. The Cavs, uh, that was one of the worst basketball games I have come across in a while. The Clippers. The Clippers Cavs game that was bad, like across the board. Like the Cavs won, but they did not play very well. The Clippers played terrible. Mm-hmm. That was bad. It was, it, to my, in my opinion, I that's a game I wish I could kind of delete from my brain, but it was like a really nice look at this new anomaly that the Cavs and Bickerstaff are going with, with this triple headed seven foot monster thing that they're trying to do. Uh, I, I really like it. I do but too. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, the way I feel about it is it's kind of like being a, a major league pitcher. If you, if you will, first time up, if you're, if you're a great major league pitcher, first time up, you're probably mowing them down, right? You're, you're striking them out. They're grounding balls out. They're not making the contact third time. They see you. That's when homers start getting hit. And that's when you get pulled. Okay. I think it's going to be like that. Because there's no film on this shit, because there's this is the first time all these organizations are seeing this version of the Cavs where marketing is a very serviceable seven foot small forward, by the way. He's fine out there as a small. That's where he wants to be. Honestly, mm-hmm. he's got the Kevin Love syndrome. We all want him to be a power forward. No, he wants mm-hmm. to be a small forward. Uh, but I tell you this, when the next time you, p- you play the Cavs, it, I don't know when that's going to be. It's probably only one other game maybe halfway down the season or within the Eastern conference, the teams that are going to be seeing the Cavs more than just the twice, they're going to have different shit to make them uh, move to make them, you know, try and defend a little bit better, but the length and the first time you come up against it, it's fucking confusing. We couldn't do anything. I said this within the first three minutes. I said, wow, we're not going to win that. There is just so much space. These guys take up. And it's hard to get to the lane. Paul George can't get to the lane. Bledsoe had a really hard time doing it. But like you said, dude, I don't think this is going to last a long time. Um, I love, I like Mobley. I think he's going to be, this, this man will be paid in two years, like super paid. And I'm happy for Cleveland that they have a kid like this. And I, I've liked Sexton, Sexton and I like Garland. So um, just to go back really fast, I did have a note from that Portland game. I remember saying during the game um, that, I felt bad for Dame. I felt bad for Dame because I I just do not see they're not going to win a championship anytime soon with the team they have, right? And I know he's all about the loyalty. It was such a struggle of a game for him. Nurkic was really bad. I mean, CJ was trying to do all he could do. I mean, Anthony Simons was like their second leading scorer in that game and it's if he's your second leading scorer, it's going to be difficult to win games. So I just I just had a moment for Dame where I'm like, "You know what, man? He's never going to get his shot in Portland." 
to win a title. Well, th- there's that. And then there's the fact that he's playing like shit right now. That I mean, like, let's just be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, CJ is doing his part. Uh, CJ is playing his ass off right now. Uh, to and, and to the point where some of these games have come down to like kind of down to the wire and Dame is still taking the shot. And it's it's like it's it's the same thing with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Tatum and Lillard need to realize when they are off, which doesn't happen all the time. Actually, for Dame, it rarely happens, but it's happening right now. When they're off, let those guys that are fucking hitting shots take the, the, the important shot. That's what I would say. I mean, Dame, I, I think it was that Kings game. He went 0 for 9 from 3, but with the game on the line, took the 10th one, right? And everyone's like, oh, no, that's Mamba mentality. That's Kobe. That's da-da-da. And, and they're not wrong. Kobe is definitely taking his 10th three if he's 0 for 9. I'm not denying that. And I don't mm-hmm. think Dame should necessarily change that perspective in his mind the way he moves through this NBA season, through his career. But I think in a moment, Look, Kobe made the pass to run our test. You he know sure did. And so maybe one one of these days, CJ will be like, I think I can, I, hey, coach, I think I might be able to take this last shot and make it. And Dame will go, all right, all right, maybe I'll, maybe I'll let you have it. But Dame is not doing good. He's below so, he's below his career average significantly right now, or his, his, his typical average, and he's shooting very poorly. But a lot of the blame, at least for the losses that they have, are on his shoulders right now offensively. I That's what I have to say about that. This is a good segue into who has been more unimpressive, Damian Lillard or our boy uh, James Harden, who right now, statistically, by the numbers, is the sixth worst player in the NBA. How many free throw attempts do you think James Harden has taken in the in the five games that they've played? Oh, boy. Uh, total free throw yeah. attempts? Total. Like ten, 10? 15 free throws yeah. he has taken. Now, so who's been more unimpressive to you, Dame, and we just kind of talked about Dame, or James Harden and and these new rules that have pretty much is the reason why James isn't getting to the line as much as he used to throughout his whole career. Um, who do you think's been more unimpressive? I think it's Dame. Uh, and and just I already mentioned how how poorly he's shooting right now, but that's it for him, right? He had 10 assists in a game recently, but really when it's when it's Damian Lillard it's the scoring when it's Harden, he rebounds and he assists really well still. <laughs> uh, and, and the whole game is running through him, even though they've taken some losses and he has not shot well, and he's clearly not adjusted to the new rules, which obviously were targeted a little bit at him. Uh, so I'm sure he's feeling a little, you know, some sort of way about that. Yeah. But are you seeing across the board too, that, that fouls are not being called forever from everywhere, every team that every game that I've watched, a lot of the stuff that we would have seen last year and the year prior, they're just letting them play. Yes. And I like it. I like it a lot. I think, I mean, we needed to, we needed a little transition back to, this is a contact sport, right? This isn't, this isn't like something where you can't touch each other, which is what, what was really moving down the path towards where you literally, you have to be one foot away from the, uh, the guy who has the ball at all times for you not to get a foul call. So yes, this was a necessary change. And we were all tired of this bullshit that James Harden has been doing. And clearly the league was as well, because they finally got enough ammo in their, in their pockets to go. We're not, we're, we're holding, we're holding the fort here. We're not letting you do this anymore. Um, and so, or yes, any I of think, you, not just you, James, no, but no, no. any of you, I, that was the general you. Okay. I, and okay. I, I, the, they are making a, a pretty concerted effort to not just target James Harden. We're seeing it throughout the league. I think pretty, pretty unanimously well, well refereed throughout the league. I think the game is benefiting from it as well, but I think Damian Lillard has been more unimpressive thus far. 
Yeah. Would you think that now, even though these are our, you know, first week overreactions, do you think you, most people still have the Brooklyn Nets winning the winning the championship? Yeah, because I, I think most people still think there's a chance that Kyrie Irving shows up at some point. Um, right. I I still think that they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Bucks. I don't think this little weird start, just the way, again, I mean, it's really funny how how almost mirror images the Nets and the Lakers are of each other right now. And we we had kind of a mirror image of them going into the season and they both have like kind of met at the bottom a little bit going like, well, sometimes expectations in reality don't necessarily match. Uh, but I do think both of them are going to figure both the Nets and the Lakers are going to figure this out uh, without a doubt. And whether they're both vaulted into the one, two, three seed, that remains to be seen. But I know that both teams are going to make the playoffs. And I think and I know nobody wants to see either of those teams when the playoffs come around. That's just the truth. And that's including the Bucks. I know the Bucks would love to see uh, as much space between them and the Nets as possible uh, when it comes to playoff matchups. Uh, but I, my, I would say my favorite now, it, like just looking at it, I, it's hard to call against the Bucks coming out of the East and making it to the finals. It's hard to call against that. Even without Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez injured. Uh, they got all these injuries. They're still winning, even though Minnesota had a, had a crazy night and, and took them down last night. So I still, I, th- I yeah, I think the Nets can definitely still win a championship. I'm glad Minnesota's playing good, man. I really am. I'm glad to see those guys hooping. D'Lo went off, and and Edwards is looking good. Towns looks like he actually wants to get physical and 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 be the star of that team. I, I love seeing them them do well. Okay, who's been more impressive? What is more impressive? Whose four and zero record is more impressive? The Golden State Warriors or the Chicago Bulls? Both four and zero right now. Yeah, it's it's the Warriors, and it's not even close. Why? Why the Warriors? Well, the the schedule is the reason why, my friend. Uh, we talked about it earlier. The only team in the NBA that has not won a game has lost twice to the Chicago Bulls. So the Bulls, their schedule this far four and zero, and all credit to them. They look fantastic. I I don't want to say that they are not you know a playoff team. I I had them at the seven seed in my rankings. I think they're good, but <laughs> they they come out and they beat Detroit by six points in the opener. Then they, then they play the, the frisky Pelicans without Zion. Uh, they go back and they beat Detroit again by 15 this time. And then they, they won a really close one against Toronto, who we know is not that good. And right, it, was a really, it was a really close one. And then conversely, when you look at the Warriors, man, we know who they played. Mm-hmm. They're, they're out here playing the Lakers. They're out here playing the Clippers. They, they played Sacramento and they just played o- Oklahoma City. But at least they, they played the Lakers and Clippers. And that's mm-hmm. something... To, to say I mean that and LeBron was in for that one there was no excuses coming out of anybody for beating either of our teams obviously you have the excuse of Kawhi being out for the whole season but they took care of business against the other two teams that you would expect them to the Kings and the and the Thunder so it's Warriors all day I would have never thought they were going to start 4-0 I wouldn't either but a lot of people are jumping on the Chicago train right now and it looks like they're just having so much fun right and for what they all say that there's no egos on this team. They just got, they put a really good team together. Both you and I have been really impressed with the off season moves, you know, getting Vooch there too, and just bringing the right guys in. It's obvious Caruso, like, like when he was on the Lakers is a fan favorite. I mean, he's probably already their favorite player in Chicago right now. Zach's probably a little pissed off because Caruso's getting a little more love than he is. And they're going to pay Zach. They came out and said like, they're working on the deal. They're going to extend him. And, and uh, I'm glad that's going to happen. So, and, and I think the interesting part for the bulls, right? Like I, as much as I just said, their schedule was easy. 
they're going to be put to the test right now. I mean, they're playing right now. I think the game is starting here in about 30 minutes or so against the Knicks. This is going to be a great game tonight. I'm very excited to watch this because the Knicks are not like any of the teams that they just played and beat in their first four. After that, they go, uh, they play against Utah. Then it's Boston, Philly twice, the Nets, Dallas, Warriors, Clippers, Lakers. So that's, mm. that, that's going to be a real test for them, right? And there's no way they're staying undefeated through that run. I don't care who, I mean, I would you place $5 bet on it. I would, I bet you win a million dollars if it happens, but it ain't fucking happening. Uh, so we'll see what they're like against like some real competition and some, some teams that we do know that are good. Um, and, and then we'll, then we'll really know where they're at by the, by the time that run is through. You were down on the wizards though. My wizards are three and one right now playing good. <laughs> wizards. The wizards are playing good. KCP had the shot of his life, uh, with the, which looked like uh, a step back, but it didn't really look like a step back. It looked like somebody pushed play and then paused it and rewound it real fast. And somehow he shot it. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like uh, some editing shit going on, but unbelievable shot. I don't think I've seen him make a shot like that. And I, he was playing for the Lakers for a long time. Uh, the Wizards, yeah, they're, they're playing good. I think I think Trez is being utilized correctly. Finally, right? Team. Mm-hmm. Right. He's coming off the bench, uh, which which is like his happy home. Uh, you know, I just... I think it's great. And he's, he's like fourth or fifth in the league in dunks thus far. It's, it's all working well. I think Kuzma is probably gonna be a, a disappointment to some fans out there that thought he was going to be lighting it up. He'll, he'll light it up, you know, once every three games for you. You're hating. You're um, hating. We have one wizards fan that listens to us, which is cool. So well, that is cool. But let me, let me recap their three and one. They mm-hmm. beat Toronto uh, when Toronto only scored 83 points on opening night. Uh, Scotty Barnes, by the way, took your advice. They, they fed him the ball. He looks, Real good right now. He's good. 20, 25 and 12 in their second game. Uh, they won a very close one to the Pacers. One point win. Uh, they lost to the Nets by 14. And then they beat the Boston Celtics, who are just still, I don't know where. They're trying to figure this shit out. They're kind of in a, a little nowhere land, if you will, for the Celtics. They're just still kind of floating along, trying to find their footing on this new coach. Uh, but those are their wins. I would say two of those are pretty impressive. I mean, beating Indiana... Indiana has had a lot of tough losses thus far in the season. They have, uh, and then you know beating Boston—that's no—that's no joke. I mean, they were in the—they were in the TD Ameritrade Center, so that, uh, beating Boston in Boston is always a, a good thing to do. Uh, so yeah, shout out to the Wizards, three and one. So you have a good, bad, and the ugly right now, and I want to hear your good, bad, and the ugly right now. You know, when week one happens, week two, the same thing. I think of like really for the first month of the season. It's very easy to nitpick and get overreactive about things, which we both have done already on this podcast, uh, you know, in the previous episode. And I certainly have at times on this one as well. Uh, But really, I think the easiest way to look at the NBA season when it starts is like just start to see like, all right, notice not just little things, but trends, the way that teams are playing. Um, And that's irrespective of opponents. So like the Wizards. They look pretty good right now, irrespective of who they beat. The Bulls, I think, look really good. So my good, bad, and the ugly, I'm going to just take you through a couple teams that stand out to me, uh, some of which we've already touched on. The good, Bulls, absolutely. Everyone seems to be getting in rhythm on that team, even though sometimes Vooch looks a little out of place. Uh, the Warriors, we touched on. They look great. The Jazz, also undefeated right now, 3-0. and They look real good. Donovan Mitchell is the real deal. Sometimes he turns the ball over and you'll go, Why, what are you doing? But most of the time he's looking real good. Uh, the Hornets, three and one. They're Love looking it. great. Miles Bridges, Miles Bridges player of the week, by the way. 
Miles Bridges, player of the week, playing for his contract. They did not sign him to an extension, Miles Bridges, so he's going to be a free agent this year. He said he wants the $100 million, bro, and he's going to get it. But also, you have to give – some of that paper's got to go to LaMelo, bro. It has to go to LaMelo. Oh, yeah. Because he's oh, – no. They, I think I think it will. I mean, look what they did. They offloaded Monk. They offloaded Graham, uh, and they brought in Booknight. I, the only reason is because Mello's going to take their paychecks. Those, I mean, I mean, not Booknight, right? But Mello's taking the paychecks that would have come to Graham and to uh, no. But I'm saying that Bridges owes oh, owes Lamelo some of that bread because <laughs> that's that's why it's working. You know, Miles Bridges yes. is, is a good player. But he hasn't been this good until LaMelo comes along and has this swag. He's the perfect guy for LaMelo. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I think the addition of Plumley is working out fucking beautifully. The mo- most, he's so underrated, dude. They talk so much shit about this guy on Top Shot, and I, and I get the Top Shot value, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Plumley would be – I want him on my team. He's I would take Plumley on my team. He finishes at the rim. I mm-hmm. mean, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of post moves. He's – pretty good on defense and he finishes at the rim and that's exactly what they fucking needed because Biombo can't be doing these dunks the way that Plumlee does. I don't know. Biombo's not co- coordinated that way. Uh, Plumlee is, and it's fucking nice. And he's going to get, you know, seven dunks a game probably from just from LaMelo <laughs> and Gordon Hayward. Um, okay. The heat, we didn't bring them up yet. They look great. I think they look real good to start. Uh, you know, Hero, heroes bubble hero is playing his ass off and he's backing up everything that he said he was going to do. Watch out for me this season. I'm ready to go. I think he's got his swagger back. Um, and yeah, I'm with it. I'm with the heat right now. Yeah. Jimmy Butler, par for the course. Exactly mm-hmm. what we kind of think Jimmy Butler is going to do. And Bam looks fantastic. Bam Adebayo looks really good right now. So big shouts to Bam and the whole squad there. Uh, obviously, Lowry's fitting in nicely like we all kind of expected he would. Uh, the last one, and we touched on them briefly, the T-Wolves. I got to yep. give them some fucking credit. Oh, yeah. Three and one. They just took down Giannis after Giannis dropped 40 on them uh, with very little help. As I mentioned, Holiday out, Lopez out for them. So they, and they have other injuries as well. Uh, but that's a huge win for a team that doesn't win that game. Like they have the, the Timberwolves over the last 10 years loses that close game to the good team that they're going up against. Uh, and Ant Edwards hit a huge shot at the end. But Carl Anthony Towns, Ant Edwards, D'Lo are working. It's working really well. Uh, McDaniels is in there at times. They start, you know, a couple other little guys. Beasley's in there, you know, uh, for defensive pressure. Beverly coming off the bench. This squad is looking good. I mean, I don't know what to make of it, right? It's only four games, but this is promising. And it's the I best think I've it, it's the best yeah. I've seen Minnesota play in years. Absolutely, since Jimmy Butler was on that team, right? <laughs> right. And, and not to mention, Anthony Edwards might be the best post game interview. Uh, every night this guy's just dropping gems every single night yeah absolutely uh so those are the teams that stood out to me as far as the good goes now we we go into the bad here we're going to skip over all like the mediocre teams that are fine that we don't need to necessarily touch on but we're going to dip into some of the bad uh and i'll start it off the lakers have been bad Mm -hmm. the lakers are bad there's a lot to fix i'm just positive about it i'm going to just put it out into the universe that things will work out and hopefully that will manifest. You can just lump the Clippers and Lakers together right now. Okay. So we don't have to talk about that. Yeah. The Clippers also made this list. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, The Nets made this list. They need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. I think they will. The Suns, they made this list. They dominated us. They dominated the Lakers and they they played like shit for most of the quarters after that. And, and, and the second half of the first game they played against Denver. 
they need to figure that out. I don't know if it's the Aiden thing. I'm assuming that might have something to do with it, but they just look a little off pace. And I'm just talking about offensively. They just look a little off. And Chris had a terrible game, went one for 10 last night. So, you know, not going to win too many games when Chris is one for 10. Let's give uh, him his props, though, being the first player in NBA history, having 20K and 10K assists. If that ain't a point God for you, dude, I don't know what is. So big shout out to CP3. You know, he's a, we are both big fans of him. And what an accomplishment, man. 10,000 mm. assists, dude. And being able to drop 20,000 points, that is insane. First ballot Hall of Fame, one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game. That's, and we didn't even bring up Melo. We talked some shit about Melo earlier, but being ninth on the list in scoring in NBA history is absolutely insane. When this man a year and a half ago, people are saying that he'll never get another chance at the NBA. This guy is a certified baller one of the best to ever do it the guy can score the rock and be a ninth all time think about all the amazing players who did he beat out is it Shaq or he he passed no, Shaq? Shaq's neck Shaq's next mm-hmm. uh I think it was Moses that's who it was it was Moses Malone that's exactly who it was yeah so I think but I think Shaq is next and he should pass Shaq at some point this not if he keeps throwing up air balls dog Oh yeah, you know that won't matter. He was smiling about that air ball. I'm like, dog, maybe, maybe, maybe save the smile for all the Laker fans until you're in the goddamn locker room. Agreed. Maybe, maybe don't smile about that terribly airballed shot. Uh, last one on the bad is the Celtics, and it's they're almost mediocre. So I just I threw them in because it just doesn't look good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Flashes look real good at times. Obviously, Schroeder. Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, obviously, Jalen Brown looks fantastic he looks really good this season looks ready to go but also after that 46 point effort only threw up i don't know it was like 16 18 points so they're still trying to click i think with the pieces and the new head coach and the new system they might be trying to run a little bit and schroeder is a very hot and cold player i don't know sometimes he seems like he helps them and other times he seems like schroeder who doesn't give a fuck whether or not they win or lose uh, which I got to see a lot of last year. Sometimes it's just like, do you actually care what's happening right now? Like but at times he was the Lakers best player. Like during absolutely. that, there was one stretch. Yeah. The stretch where Anthony Davis and, and LeBron were both out. He was mm-hmm. our best player. Um, but again, I can just tell you that when he doesn't have the ball in his hands or when he thinks he's not going to like get the last shot, sometimes he mopes and he wanders and you're just like, dude, are you locked in? I mean, do you care? Like, would you rather sit down and we'll bring in Marcus Smart or somebody? I think sometimes you have to do that with Schroeder. And I don't know what that is with him. But anyway, I think the Celtics are close to putting it together. They just still look on different pages. That's how that's how they I don't look it. like a championship team. I mean, no. look, there's some of these elite teams that are just going to leave these guys in the dust if the if they don't get it together. And it's kind of the same way I feel about Portland, Drew. Like if they don't fucking get this together, they're going to be they are going to be lost in the shuffle with all these other teams coming up. The Dallases, the 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 Hornets, that like all the the Cavs. I know I'm high on the Cavs right now, but I'm just saying if if they don't figure it out, you know, they're going to get lost in the shuffle. Well, and then Portland uh, is the last one on the bad list, and and it again they're they're close to mediocre, but I'm I, they're they've been bad enough for me to notice, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been pretty consistent. And until Damian Lillard, you know, gets into shape, I, the, the one thing I didn't mention about Dame is he got married this off season. He was in Tokyo, like he's had a busy off season. Uh, I think he might just be getting into shape. And that's the only thing I'll say, like, I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt on that. Like maybe his legs aren't there. Maybe, you know, maybe things are just not where they would normally be this time of year for him. And so in a month uh, with certainly within a month, I would expect him to be, you know, scoring 30, 35 again, uh, like he always does. Uh, Now it's time for the ugly. 
And, Nando like uh, ugly. It, it it is pretty ugly. I'm going to start here because the Thunder, outside of their their one and a half quarters that they played fantastic basketball against the Lakers, have been pretty ugly. Um, and I think that's just how they're going to look the whole season. Bright spots, we can talk about them. Josh mm-hmm. Giddy looks good. Yeah, uh, and especially against that Lakers team in the second half, moving fluidly, attacking the basket, making good passes. Uh, shooting the ball pretty well from three. I think they got a, a kid who's going to play for a while in this league at his size. I still think he's careless with the ball, which is what we expect from a guy like that who's fl- kind of be flashy. Like he made some passes in Australian league. They that get worked. through. Right. Yeah, they, they get through. In the NBA, you're making a cross-court pass. Melo caught like one, like he was a tight end on the side. Like it was like directly to Melo. And it's like, oh, whoa, okay. Uh, but I think he'll get that. Once he gets the speed of the game down defensively, like what he, when he has the ball and he's attacking, he knows the speed. He can read it pretty well. It's when he's attacking to pass that he's still not realizing how quick the reactions are from the defenders in the NBA. And that'll, that'll grow over time. Um, and then obviously Shea Gilgis Alexander is fantastic. He's a fantastic player. I hope he goes somewhere soon. I hope he goes to a team that, that he can pay on though, Drew. They paid him. I know they did. I know they paid him. Uh, but if their plan is to rebuild in six years, they might as well let him go play somewhere. I, when are you going to use? When are you going to use your picks for something special? Get get SGA somebody special, please. Because right. uh, the, the one thing I noticed about OKC is, yeah, I love SGA. Giddy looks great. They they have some fast, athletic dudes on their team, and they're still selling out every game. The fans deserve something better than the product that they're than they're putting out. I don't think it's shocking that OKC is as bad as they are because we we had them as you know I think everybody had them as you know going to be one of the worst teams. But I just I want them to be good, just like I wanted Minnesota to be good. Please be good, you yeah. know. Just get this guy a player. When are you going to cash in on on the thirty five draft picks you have? Well, that's the that's the interesting conversation, which I think was probably better served if we go deep dive on that on a different podcast, because there is a lot to talk about Sam Presti's decision making and then lack of decisions when it comes to actually drafting using the draft picks. You bring up a very, very good point. Uh, What about Ben Simmons with SGA and this guy like in OKC? Like, okay, I think that might actually work. That would actually be a really good pickup. I, I would say the more likely thing would be Ben Simmons for SGA. And right now, Oklahoma is saying Ooh. no fucking way to that. Ooh. Oklahoma is saying no. But what if you SGA could get four number ones? What if you can get four, three or four number OKC number ones first round or three first round from OKC for Ben Simmons? Yeah, I think Daryl would be fine with that, but they have to also give him a player. So it would have he's he's continued to say he he picks are a part of it. Mm-hmm. So that would have to be in like a third team deal or maybe maybe John Wall is also in like if you get a, a John Wall package and a shit ton of like picks that that you know but again why 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 would Sam Presti do that to get Ben Simmons? I there's no I don't think he's Because worth- you have this in you have this like crate of tra- draft picks that you're just sitting on for so right. long and but if okay that's, that's his job security so yeah. why would he why would he give up his job security again this is a topic for maybe right. A, right. a longer segment by the way john wall is literally practicing and playing <laughs> one-on-one with all the players but doesn't want to play in the games i don't understand what's going on i think that's houston also making the decision and saying that's cool because they're paying him yeah they're, they're paying him. it's not like they don't know where he is right i think they're like it's fine we, you don't have to play we'll, we'll run these other guys out there um so ugly we're back on the ugly mm-hmm. uh thunder already mentioned 
Pistons, 0-4. going to be a long season. Uh, still no Cade Cunningham. Uh, I think when he gets on the court, maybe they'll have something to cheer for. But for now, it's like Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek are just jacking threes. And that's what you're, that's what you're dealing with. Killian Hayes can't score uh, at all. It's like, a, it's like Frank Nicolita fooled everybody. And, and he's, he, he's actually has a twin, but they just named him Killian Hayes. It's like the same guy. Uh, so it's a tough season for the Pistons. They look really, really bad. Pelicans. I got to say, at least they have Brandon Ingram. And who looks like an all-star, playing like an all-star. He's good. He's yeah. just really good. I feel bad for him to be in this situation, right? Like, he, w- he came in there with the AD trade, and he was the focal point. Focal point of the whole, the whole deal. And then Zion shows up, and it's like, oh, immediate backseat. Like, immediate backseat to this kid who didn't even have to play a game for you to be thrown in the backseat. And he's over here like, hey, I made an all-star team. Uh, I'm pretty fucking good. Uh, and I, I feel bad for him because the rest of the team is not good. Um, but Nikhil Alexander-Walker, SGA's half-brother, if I'm not mistaken. Cousin, I think. Oh, maybe cousin. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks good. So there's there's a bright spot for you. Valanchunas got like 23 rebounds the other night. I think he's doing okay, especially without Zion out there. It'll be really weird to see him and Zion on the same floor if that ever happens. Uh, but they're just bad. They're just bad right now. Josh Hart, Josh Hart is injured. I don't uh, think they're going to be in New Orleans or t- too much longer. Get him out of I New Orleans. I, lady, I agree. She's trying to sell him. It's perfect. Get, put him in Vegas. Put him in Seattle. Put him in Vancouver. Put him wherever the fuck you want to put him. But let's get him out of there. Uh, I, I just don't even uh, – they're a football town. It's a football I was, town. I was talking to a dude from Seattle the other day, and I, I told him the same thing. I said, I think you guys are going to get the Pelicans at some point. And he said, I don't care who we get. Just <laughs> give us a team. We want basketball so bad. And, New or- and in New Orleans, you are never going to be bigger than the Saints. You can have the number one pick in the world, Zion, which I think people are getting lower and lower on right now, which sucks. Uh, but he's just like, bring, give me any team and we will support it. So sell for what you can get. You have Zion for a couple more years. Just make it happen. But it's a long process, isn't it? It would take like like a while to get a long time. Uh, yeah. yeah, it has to be approved by the owners as well. And I don't I don't see why the owners would not approve that. I think they might look and go, well, look at the Smoothie King arena that we have here. What arena would this team potentially go into? And that was the reason that Seattle bounced in the first place because the key arena up there was was fucking falling. The rafters were falling in. It was mm-hmm. an old, old brick ass building. And so but there's I, tech they, money up there now, right? Like there's tech money. A lot of tech money. I mean, mm-hmm. Bezos is up there. Yeah, Microsoft's still up there. Starbucks. I mean, you know, they a bunch of people up there. Look at the the the, the Seahawks got a, a, a fantastic stadium a few years back. Um, but I will say Vancouver, also a team that I think is very hungry for basketball uh, or uh, not a team, a city. And they have a nice arena. Uh, so I wherever they go, it's just time. It's probably time to cut the cord. New Orleans was a fun experiment. Uh, the Jazz left. And you, they felt like you needed something. In comes uh, the Hornets, which are now, or the Bobcats, then the Hornets, now the Pelicans. Change it up again. It's time, time to go. Um, last couple teams here, Orlando Magic, the team that I think is going to be the worst team in the NBA. Living up to it thus far. The, They're the on pace, are, Drew. Pistons are beating them out currently, <laughs> but the magic are, are just, they're just not there. I think, uh, you know, Suggs and, and Wagner actually looks, they, they look okay. I mean, Suggs uh, maybe more than any of the guards needs to adjust to the pace of play. Uh, I think sometimes he was so athletic in college that he was like, Oh, I can just go, I can just go, 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 go. No one, no one can get in front of me. 
And if they do, I can jump or move out of the way. It, it doesn't work like that in the NBA. Plus there's seven footers all over the goddamn place. So even if you get past your guy, it, those layups that he was getting in Gonzaga and those like nice little dunks he used to have, that's not the same. You don't get a free path in the NBA. Uh, Mo Bamba looks okay. I would say finally my guy, he's, he's finally reached. Okay. I think in his career, which is good. It's a step up. Yeah. Contract year for Mo. So we expect him to, uh, to stay at the okay and maybe even creep into the, Hey, look at that guy's pretty good right now. <laughs> Potentially. Um, and Wagner actually, you know, I, I think he grew some, he looks, he looks way bigger than uh, what I remember him playing at Michigan. Uh, I think he actually starting to get, get some rhythm and look pretty good, but the team just in general is, is going nowhere. Uh, and the Pacers, the Pacers are down here because they can't close out a goddamn game. Uh, they don't look, I would, I actually, I probably should have put them in the bad category not the ugly category, but it's ugly because they can't fucking close a game. They got crazy good, like Malcolm Brogdon, great stats, good player. Just got another extension. Devonta Sabonis, one of the most talented bigs that we have in the league. Miles Underrated. Turner. Miles Turner's being underutilized mm -hmm. or whatever. Uh, I don't, maybe Carlisle is looking for, to, to trade Miles Turner at this point, which is the, something that we've been talking about for the last, whatever, four years that they've been on the same team together. They just can't win. And, I, and so I think, that, I think their record is ugly, but I think they're probably a little bit above all the other teams that I just listed. And they could very easily have a winning record based on the games that they've lost. Uh, but that's it for the good, bad, and the ugly. Do you have any ones that you want to throw out there that I may have overlooked? No, I think you. I think you're pretty spot on on all those. I still, even some of those, I still want to watch some of Orlando's games. You know, I still I want. I still want to watch Houston and Jalen Green. Um, I, I'll say right off the bat, I don't do not want to watch Detroit at all if Cade's not playing because I do want to see how how he does in the league. But I think you're spot on on all of those. Um, and again, this is week one. Let's see where we're at by week four. You know, if the if the Clippers and Lakers are still not pulling it together. We might, we might be in the, the ugly category, man. Right now we're in the butterface category, right? <laughs> Every, everything's ugly butterface. And I think that's where we're at right now. But, <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good call. <laughs> All right. So we're not going to stick to our, our, our usual hour and 45 minute podcast. So I want, I want to, to hear your final thoughts. You got a final thought for us this week, Drew. Yeah, I do. I do. And my thought, my final thought is something that I think everyone who's watched enough NBA games will immediately agree with me. Can we put cup holders in the seats that are on the fucking court? Can we do that? Is that a thing? Can, why? How is this happening? Every, or can we move the fans back? Can we they're not going to move the fans back. I'm, I, I, there's no, I'm not going to be disillusioned by the chances that they're going to space out the floor a little bit more or move them back a little more. No, they're not doing that. They're in for every penny. But can we just get these fuckers some cup holders, man? All the cups are on the court and every every quarter, every other quarter. If you're flipping between games, it's like, oh, there's a beer beer on the court. Uh, oh, there's Steph. Steph slipped and almost fucking broke his ankle because Kevin Hart Cup dropped his drink. Right Floyd Mayweather drops his drink. Yeah. And it's just like it's a very simple thought. We don't need a lot of this. It's just these seats are expensive. Maybe it would be okay if they all came with a place to put your goddamn drink that everyone obviously has a or, drink in their hand. Or put everything in a bottle that's really easy that you could put a cap on, right? I liked it, I liked it during the bubble where everything was back. I, I was very adamant about, you know, a lot more space for the players. There was I was watching a game the other night where somebody was taking the ball out of bounds and some guy was coming back from the bathroom that was on the floor and was literally, I wish you guys could see my hands was standing right next to the player, like live tweeting 
the the video of it and i'm like dude can this guy sit down how is this possible and also now you bring up a funny funny point like i was talking about how ad extends games by fake injuries if i'm if i'm a fan and i think that we need a breather or another timeout to get our shit together like i'm i'm taking one for the team and i'm throwing my beer on the floor I'm throwing it right. I'm accidentally spilling my beer. We need a couple more minutes for the ball boys to come out. They'll get you at least, but you know, three, four minutes. Right, Drew? <laughs> yeah, it's funny. It's funny that you, th- you think that's a good idea, but you didn't like when Jason Kidd did it. I hated that so much. <laughs> I hate it. Very smart. I said it was smart, though, Drew. I said it you was did, really smart. Did. I like that. Yeah, that's so, but that's my whole thought. That's a, it's a great thought. The seats cost thousands of dollars. Put mm-hmm. a single cup holder that each person can use and then this will stop that makes that makes Most total likely. sense yeah. uh, all right so my final thought this was something that drew and i've been wanting to like dive deeper on the past few shows but we really haven't had the time to do it look if you listen to our show you know how how high i am on nba top shot i grew up a collector um i have fallen in love with top shot over the past year or so and you guys have heard us talk about it um, and now we're going into season three of NBA Top Shot. And I think it's just a really great way to not only collect, but it's a really great way if you're a fan to it's very fun to collect these moments from your favorite players and your favorite teams. It's a great way to make money uh, if, if you're good at this. And it's, it's basically in, the way I look at it is is stocks for NBA players and just knowing the market and knowing these moments. So I've been heavy in for the past year. I've got a lot in drew has dipped his toes in and, and um, is, is kind of navigating his way through it, but we thought it'd be a really cool idea to take Drew's account um, and turn it into a clips and drew account where we're going to build an account together and kind of, we want you guys as well to start your own account and we can start our own community of um, uh, we're going to be giving our own advice for the players and the moments that, that we think you guys should be doing. We're going to tell you what we're doing. We're going to tell you how we're flipping, flipping people's moments for better moments. Um, you know, this past week they had their, it was an epic drop called the run it back set, which is probably the most coveted set of this season because it's a run it back from Oh five Oh six, which is, the Dwayne Wade's uh, and, and Shaq's uh, championship year. It was, it was D Wade's first moment and Shaq's first moment. And then also it was the debut of Allen Iverson. And his moment was the, uh, that double cross on Antonio Daniels, uh, which was where he fell twice, which was just absolutely epic. The Shaq's going for about three K right now. And mind you, these limited drops, these rare drops, there's common, there's rare, and then there's legendary, which are just out of control. If you get your hands on a legendary, I tried to get my hands on the, on the WNBA legendary, but I, I didn't make the cut. It's really hard to get packs and, you know, collector scores uh, a big part of it now to be able to get these packs, but um, they had the rare run it back set. I uh, just to tell you a pre a, a brief like how I flipped my shit. I pulled a a Sean Marion. They're rare. There's only 990 of these, but I'm not. I have no attachment to Sean Marion. So I flipped the Sean Marion for the Baron Davis. It was Baron Davis's. The, he's a homie. It was his Top Shot debut moment, which you want to have. If you know, it's his first moment on Top Shot. There will be many more. There was another one dropped today of Baron, but I flipped it for a Baron and it's a dope moment. He crosses up. I think it's Steve Blake and he falls on the ground and BD pulls the jumper, right? We also do these challenges, right? Like you have to have specific moments to get a moment that not everybody can get. And they announced this past week that Clay Thompson was finally going to have his first 
top shot moment. And plenty of Golden State Warrior fans, collectors, he hasn't been able to be on top shot because he hasn't been playing in two years. So getting the Clay Thompson first moment was going, A, was going to be expensive if you don't have a good account. And B, it's going to be coveted. You're going to want this. It's Clay's first and Clay's a Hall of Famer, number 77 all time, <laughs> as, the, <laughs> as he says, uh, which was just great this past week. So I got the Baron Davis, but then the, the prerequisites for the Clay where you needed uh, specific run it back moments, which are rare, which are expensive. If you don't have any rare moments, you know, you, you'd be paying at least $200. You needed 10 of these, Drew. This is a lot. Wow. Yeah. So two of i had all the moments I, I didn't need any more moments so i was i was in the clear but what was required was two top shot debut moments from golden state warriors and so i had mentioned on a few a few episodes ago i went heavy on jordan Poole. and you know this is where it gets crazy your cave on loonies and your Baysmore's Baysmore has a top shot debut with um the golden state warriors and uh uh, what's the Spanish guy's name? Uh, Juan, Juan, uh, Toscano, Juan yeah. Toscano Anderson. Thank you. That moment. I had multiples of those. So you can inflate your prices. Those, those moments before the, before the challenge were four five, six $6, right? Now this is where top shot people that have big accounts and whatnot, they can completely just rape you on prices. Right? So immediately all those moments, the Looney, the Baysmore were at the floor, a hundred bucks on day one. So you're taking the $4 moment and flipping it for a hundred. And if you have multiples of those, like I did not multiple, I had two Kayvons and I had, I had two Baysmores. So yeah, you can flip and make 500 bucks, you know? So anyways, the whole point of this is, uh, we want you guys to be involved with it too. Cause we're going to be talking about it more and we're going to be telling you our picks and, and, and kind of the direction we want, we want to make money too. And don't take this as like money advice at all. This is just how we are going to go on it. And, and clips and drew account is different than, than, than my account. Cause I'm just, I've been going so heavy. It's ridiculous. And if this doesn't pay off again, I'm going to be in deep, deep trouble, but <laughs> it's rolling. It's rolling the money you have. Uh, I've never withdrawn any money besides of what we're doing, what we did with the Tim Duncan and whatnot, but I've rolled it into moments that I feel are going to be worth way more. And I think they are better moments. Like the, the Vince Carter on Alonzo morning was a big, that's a huge moment. Anything Allen Iverson, Shaq, Dirk, Luca, you know, all of this. So my final thought is, is I want you guys to be with us on this. And it's very fun if you're an NBA fan. You do not need a lot of money to do this. The season threes are coming out. They're going to be common sets. They're going to be open for everybody to join. There's going to be 60, 70,000 count mints for, you know, for the commons. And I love doing it. Drew loves doing it. We're grown men that are basketball fans. And I find it so fun. And just the fun of opening a pack and not knowing what you're going to get. I make Drew FaceTime me when, he op- when he's opening a pack because I want to see what we get. So there is a potential to make good money on this too. If you pull the right serial numbers or pull, you know, LeBron's and whatnot. But it's also a cool way to support your team. And there's going to be utility moving forward. Like Top Shot in the NBA, uh, have a have a relationship and a partnership and kd just dropped 35 million dollars to invest in dapper labs who supports nba top shot and you're going to have you know kd is going to create his own moments for top shot uh which is going to be really cool today 
you know, the rookies that are coming out, Davion and Jalen Suggs, both are on Twitter today are letting the fans pick their top shot moment. What's my first moment going to be? And they give you two moments to choose from, and that's going to be their top shot rookie debut, which I thought was really cool. So I'm sorry that was a little long-winded, but starting to count with NBA top shot. Let me, let us know that you're doing it and let's do it all together. Let's collect, let's trade, you know, uh, it'd be fun to, to start our own little community with it. Yeah, I can only say that in my short time in, in making moves and being on NBA Top Shot, it's it is it's a lot of fun. And you're you're totally right. Like you don't you you definitely can spend thousands of dollars very quickly and very easily. So I wouldn't recommend doing that if you don't have the capability or the funds to do so. Like or know what you're debt. doing yet. Or know what you're doing yet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But but the other side of this is is that you can do what I did and I just started off with a couple like nine dollar packs. And I think there was even one was, was nine, the cheapest, or was that, uh, was there a better one? Those are the cheapest right now. The common sets you can get for, for nine bucks and they're going to, and it's hard to get those right now, but going into season three, it's going to be available for everybody to, to get these packs and open. It it, it takes some time. Like when you wait in line, you, you wait in line for these packs. And when you finally get your pack, you, the thrill of like going, Oh shit, here it is. And you get to like reveal these moments. And for the first time you see them, it's a lot of fun because it's a little bit like playing, you know, a lottery or a scratcher ticket or whatever you have. It's like, well, let's see if I, if I won 10 K right now, because sometimes that can happen to you. And a lot of times you don't get that, but you get some really cool moments. Like today, the pack that I got had a really cool Dwight Howard dunk uh, where he cocked that thing all the way back to his heels on an alley-oop pass and slammed it home. It was really awesome. I also got a Stefan Marbury assist to Eddie Curry, two names that we haven't heard of in a while. So I think it's, it is fun, especially if you are, you know, interested in this NFT movement that's happening, that's going to continue to happen. I don't see that thing slowing down at all. Uh, And, and of course, if you're a fan of a specific player, a specific team uh, or a fan of all of it, you can collect. And I think for collectors, it's just kind of like a collector's paradise, which you are very much a collector. Yeah. So bottom line is, is so we flipped the Sean Marion for the Baron Davis, run it back. And then I flipped the Baysmores and the loonies. Cause I wanted the Lou will rookie run it back. Right. Rare. Got that one. And then last night I pulled the trigger on the Stefan Marbury rare run it back assist. So we flipped Sean Marion, which I have no attachment to and Baysmore and Looney for three rares of three pit players that I really enjoy and that I love. So and it looks great in my collection. And I think that, you know, I watched the sales on this. Some dude bought a bunch, like 40 Baron Davises yesterday. So I'm thinking to myself, he knows something about what the next challenge is going to be, right? So I even told Drew today, like he pulled a Baron. And I said, hold on to the Baron because this might be this might be part of a challenge. And you might be able to finish the challenge if you want to. Or at some point that that $9 Baron moment will be worth 65 or 70 in the next couple of weeks. And you sell and you flip that 70 into eight Luke Waltons. Look, the Luke, everybody was talking <laughs> Luke Walton. Hey, Luke Walton had his first one today, his first um top shot archive moment from 0506 and Kobe's in it for literally 0.2 seconds right and collectors on reddit and on the message boards are like well this is Kobe's first on on uh on film moment because they've been very good about keeping Kobe off of this because when they when Kobe finally has his first moment it will probably be the hugest moment in top shot to to even get that so it was kind of like with the with the legendary the WNBA legendary set 
Candace Parker, biggest name in the legendary drop. Some dude pulled a number one legendary uh, Candace Parker. You're like, you could, that day could have flipped it. It was a $600 pack though. A lot of money to go into it, but he probably flipped. I think he got 8,500 for it, which was absolutely crazy. Wow. So it's a good flip. I'd love you guys to do it. Let us know if uh, you want to hop on right now. You can hop on and you can get your first, you can get two packs right now for new users. So anyways, that's my spiel on top shot. We're going to be talking about it more. And uh, we're going to build this account and see how good we, how good we're going to put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. Uh, I think that will be fun. It's going to be a fun exploration. I look forward to it. And and I think the stuff that Top Shot is doing in general is very exciting. And I look forward to more and more of these things. And they have so much history that they can play with uh, now that they have the partnership with the NBA. It's going to be really fun. And some of these moments are just awesome. Reliving like th- this archive pack that you got today. There were moments from 05, 06 and then 20 you know, 13. And like, it was, it was Chalmers and it was uh, Marcus Camby and Kenyon got his first one. I, I hit Kenyon up last night and I'm like, yo, bro, your first moment's going to be dropped tomorrow. And he's like, what the hell are you talking about? I have no idea what top shot is. And I'm like, bro, your kids on it. Like we juniors on it. You got to get your first moment. Right. Um, so he finally figured it out and I sent him a picture that I got the Kmart today, but anyways, reliving those moments, those teams that you really liked that Denver team with Kenyon and can and, you know, mellow. So cool, man. So anyways, we're going to be back next week. We're going to talk top shot. We're going to talk second week in the NBA. Hopefully the Clippers and Lakers are not butterfaces next week. Hopefully we're looking, you know, like a, a solid six and a half next week. That's what I'm hoping for, but we're going to be back. Leave us a review. Uh, let us know you're listening to the show. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew, and we're ghosts. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the follow through with Clips and Drew. What up, podcast world? What up? What up, podcast world?